0: I'm Patrick Sang, Global Citizen, Investor. Join me as I talk with global influencers for their insight, wisdom and how they overcame their own personal challenges. Sharing positivity, overcoming challenges, creating one world together. I'm Patrick Sang. anything is possible. Welcome to another episode of Anything Is Possible. I've a very special guest. Um, he's one of the founding executives of Netflix, a very senior media executive, Mr. Mitch Lowe. Mitch, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, Mitch, uh, why are we here in Monaco?
1: Well, the you know we're starting today the uh, Monte Carlo Streaming Film Festival. Uh, it's the first of its kind. I think it'll be the beginning of many, many years of recognizing how important streaming is to the way we consume entertainment.
0: And you're obviously an expert in streaming. Um, how do you think this festival will help get, you know, uh, business leaders, also people mm-hmm. coming in from the industry, to get involved?
1: Well, I think the first thing is it'll it'll uh, kind of reinforce that streaming is much more than two-hour movies and and 30-minute episodes, it's, it's TikTok and YouTube and, and podcasts and, and it's all the way we're consuming entertainment today. And so I think it'll bring uh, more of that universe uh, together uh, to share ideas and to create a marketplace. So I think, it's, I think it's going, of course, this is the first year after the pandemic and, and so it'll be a, a difficult year, but, but uh, next year I think it'll be even more amazing.
0: Sure. So anything is possible with the podcast. Mm-hmm. We try to turn negatives into positives mm-hmm. and make, you know, make, make the best out of each situation. Yeah. Do you find that COVID has helped the streaming industry? It's
1: well, I mean, you just look at the numbers. Uh, every single streaming service has uh, outperformed. And uh, the question is going to be what's going to happen as people go back to work and, and go back to their offices. If but they go back. Yeah, if they, you're right. There, it's, it's changed people's opinion about how they want to live their life and how they want their work life to be. But I think, I think streaming is, streaming of almost anything, short, long, has really kind of become part of our lives. And I think we'll stay that way. Uh, remote learning and, and entertainment
0: kind of intertwined. Sure. And um, can you tell us, like, um, you know, you've you've been in the industry for a long time. Mm -hmm. How would you define success?
1: Well, you know, as as the uh, as a creative person, if you're creating content, success is people seeing it and really getting something of value out of it. I don't think it. It yes, money and success would be great, but I think a a creative person uh, just wants to affect people's lives in a positive way Uh, for streaming companies it's really you know it's it's figuring out how to kind of remain interesting and relevant to people's lives so and and now there's so many new services uh, especially local services that focus on local or niche content i think the big change over these next couple years will be how many new services uh, come out to kind of cater to your
0: special interest? And what do you think are the next, you know, trends for the streaming industry in the next, you know, one to five years?
1: I think mostly it's going to be like short-form content, uh, stringing together long stories, so five-minute episodes, sixty-second episodes, but that all hook together uh, to tell
0: an interesting story. I think that's where. Uh, we're headed. Actually, just to share with you, in two thousand and five and six, I actually started a, a mobile content company in uh-huh. Hong Kong. Wow. But I was just way too ahead of time because yes. it, it just wasn't iPhones or you know um, Android phones to support the system. And obviously, the speeds yeah. were too slow. So, as an entrepreneur, what tips would you give them? That you know, obviously, there are many people with a lot of ideas. So uh-huh. You might be ahead of the curve. Yeah. How do you uh, deal with that?
1: well you know having also uh, tried ideas too early uh, I would say don't give up on the idea uh, figure out a way to do it um, you know it took me uh, 20 years to launch uh, DVD vending machines and uh, and and so sometimes it's just
0: keeping that idea uh, alive I understand and um, throughout your journey you've you know, obviously meandered and Mm -hmm. evolved. What advice would you give to like young people in terms of your career? What if you're not Mm -hmm. happy doing what you're doing and you know, what you should be looking for?
1: Yeah, well you definitely want to do what makes you happy. Uh, Most important is to become an expert in what you're trying to do. You know, read, talk to people. Uh, Oftentimes people don't ask for help. Uh, they believe that they can. It, it's more original if they do it without assistance. And I'd say the most important thing is to reach out to people that you respect, that you can ask questions. It's it's amazing how many people don't ask for help.
0: Is it also, in your opinion, that it's something to do with your ego, that uh, I'm too embarrassed mm-hmm. to ask somebody? You know, I'm not clever enough, I'm not intelligent, I'm not strong enough to ask yeah. for help. The, yeah,
1: the ego is, is kind of your worst problem. Um, the, you know, one of the most important parts of the culture we created at Netflix was one that embraced failure. And in fact, uh, it was of almost a, a badge of honor to get up in front of the company and explain, here was my theory. Here, for example, here's how I was going to acquire subscribers. Here was what I did, and here's what didn't work. And it taught everybody else how not to make that same mistake. It shared understanding and knowledge, and it also gave you the confidence that if you failed, it wasn't wasn't, uh, a bad thing. So no one hid, you know, oftentimes in companies, people hide mistakes. And no one learns from them, sure. and so I think it's I think you have to be comfortable uh, with making mistakes and share them with other people because they will learn and you
0: will learn. I understand. And what's your next big thing?
1: Right now, I'm most fascinated by the technology that helps people find interesting content, mm. and you know, if you look at it today, we're. We're making 50,000 TV episodes a year, 7,000 movies worldwide a year. We're making a billion pieces of content a week that go on TikTok or YouTube, two billion. And how do you find something that's interesting without it being a pain you know, trying to find it? Mm. And so the, the, what I'm most interested in it are these technologies that kind of dissect content and help connect you to something uh, you'll be interested in. So like in. smart filtering? Yeah, it's really, there There was a company years ago, uh, still a big company, Pandora, uh, the music service sure. like Spotify. Yeah. And the uh, gentleman, um, uh, Dr. Nolan Gasser, uh, developed the music genome uh, at, at Pandora. And it was instrumental to, uh, di- to helping connect people to good music, but discover interesting music they had never thought about listening Mm. to. And he has co-founded a company called Catch Media, which is dissecting media in the same way he dissected uh, music. And I think that's, and there's many companies doing this, FilmRise and many, many others. Uh, So that's what I find interesting. And do you
0: think that content is still king? And will it always be still king? I
1: I think the creative side of content is king the you know i almost look at this at today as a renaissance period uh, for content creators the the equipment uh to create this content is is much more easily obtained it's kind of a democratization but still the creative side is the tough side is the tough side
0: okay so two more questions for you um can you name us an example where you wanted to give up very close to it, mm-hmm. you didn't, and you persevered and made that decision.
1: Oh boy, there <laughs> so many times. Uh, you know, the I I always thought that um, delivering content to people's homes was a good idea. I owned video stores in Northern California, and people had to come to the store; they had to return the movies, and so I always thought there had to be a way. Uh, to deliver, you know, originally of course it was sending VHS cassettes mm. to their homes. Um, I put mailboxes on people's doors and delivered VHS cassettes and, and I gave up many, many times on it. Every time I tried it, it failed. And it was only until… But you were
0: obsessed with trying to resolve this problem, right? Yeah.
1: And, and, and you know, uh, streaming of course is the ultimate uh, consummation uh, of that. Uh, because it eliminates that time between thinking I want to watch something to actually being able to consume it. All those others required planning and waiting and so on. So uh, there was so many times, uh, you know, that I gave up on that idea. But at the same time, people kept coming back into my life who <laughs> who still had that passion sure. for it. So
0: Actually, I was talking to Jean-Claude Van Damme recently, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about you had to like ride a bike to the shop, uh-huh. rent the VHS, bring it back, <laughs> right. watch it, rewind it to the front, yeah. put it back in the tape, otherwise you get charged. yeah, and bring it back before seven p.m or something. yeah, And the whole process was good because you, you brought back you did your popcorn and you watched mm-hmm. the movie with your family, and it was a nice thing. Yeah. now it's you know you watch Netflix, a phone call comes and you pause yeah. And the whole experience is not there anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, do you miss any of the old, nostalgic um, experiences?
1: I do. I, um, I spent around 13,000 hours uh, working behind the counter in video stores oh, wow. and uh, talking movies all day long. Yeah. And it was one of the most, in, it, we were kind of like the general store where everybody in the community would go almost two or three times a week, yeah. just to talk about movies and, and share um, what they liked, what they didn't like, and um, I, the, I, it is uh, nostalgic. Um, I especially you know miss that kind of social aspect of it. Mm. Uh, but you know the world has moved on, and very uh, much so. I'm going to sneak in one more question. Okay.
0: Any what movie has
1: inspired you? uh, my big movie is Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. I, I just, I could watch that over and over again. Um, I just find it, uh, inspiring, you know, the, the challenges, sure. uh, that Lawrence overcame. Absolutely.
0: And also the movie itself was filmed, what, 50 years ago, it's, and, it, and it's still a classic.
1: It's still, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it actually was kind of one of the first movies with the new Technicolor and widescreen and, I think they called it CinemaScope. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: And yeah, it holds up, it still holds up really well. So anything is possible. We try to share positivity, overcome challenges, and create Uh one world, but we try to promote diversity and try to eliminate prejudice. Mm -hmm. What number one advice would you give to our audience, Mm -hmm. especially to younger people, young entrepreneurs and business leaders? I
1: would say that find something that is not working, Uh, whether it's a business or a product or a service and that you love and you wish worked better and Solve that problem and build a company around that and you and and don't give up uh, When all the challenges uh, start to take you down Um, Just keep trying and and keep trying to uh, make it work.
0: Mitch, thank you for your time. Good luck in the festival. And I wish you all the best in your ventures. And uh, we'll be in touch and have a great two weeks in the south of Europe.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Anything
0: is possible. Thanks. Thanks. Thank Thank you. you.